Hello guys, good day. This is Anne of Reinforce Me Club. Today we're going to talk about intravenous cannulation. If you are a healthcare professional, I am not sure if this is one of your favorite thing to do. But I'm pretty much positive that when you finally get to learn your, this skill, you're loving it. You love to do this over time for years and years. You even, you even look for more challenging cases. Now, this is just a basic understanding for, for healthcare workers and patients about IV cannulation. Now, speaking about IV cannulation, this is a technique in which a cannula is placed inside the vein to gain access for the purpose of blood sampling, medications, fluids, parenteral nutrition, and administration of blood products. Now, what technique other than, you know, this IV cannulation, what techniques should we use to be able to maintain cleanliness, germ-free during the procedure? You actually don't need a sterile area, but you must do this through a septic technique, a no-touch technique. From the initiation of access to preparing and maintaining the IV equipment to administering fluids and medications up to the discontinuation of your IV access, you have to maintain a septic technique to avoid contamination. Our job is actually to save lives, uh, help patient recover. So as much as possible, we lessen up to zero possibility of germs getting into the skin or getting access to the, the circulatory system of our patients, so that's why we, we have to maintain a septic technique. In doing IV cannulation, we only need three skills. Number one is to find the right vein. Second is to follow the step-by-step -step procedure of IV insertion. And lastly, the third one is to repeat doing it over and over again for years and years. So it'll be easier for you and you're always going to be ready whatever cases coming into your workplace. Now talking about the right vein, so we have the IV sites here. We have the qualities of good veins. Number one, it has to be bouncy, visible, large and easy to find, refills when depressed, and does not collapse, must have large lumen, must be straight, soft, and well supported by muscles. Now, this is what I'm talking about here. This is a large and visible vein. And when you press this, it's going to be bouncy. And it will refill in a, in a, second, in a second or in heartbeat way. It wouldn't collapse. And the lumen you know, is good enough for gauge 18 and 20 in case of theater patients. It has to be straight as this and well supported by muscles, not by any bony 
prominence. But the thing about this is that you have to avoid those those areas near the the arteries. Here it's where the brachial artery is located. So you have to palpate the the pulse first and its location and make sure not to hit it. Now here are some other sites for IV cannulation. So this is, uh, we got the cephalic vein as well as the superficial branch of the radial nerve. Here in, so you cannot, you can insert a small needle here. You could manage to insert a gauge 20 or 18 here. Sorry about that. But be careful for the radial artery. However, most of the people have deep radial artery. So that is why whenever we use this vein, it's quite uh, common not to damage the radial, not to hit the radial artery. So only use the radial artery for blood gases venipuncture, or ABG. And we got another a couple of uh, IV sites here. We have the brachial artery, cephalic, median, median cubital, basilic. So this is common for yeah for venipuncture as well as therapeutic phlebotomy or venesection. So we can also use the basilic and the cephalic veins on the hands for phlebotomy or venesection or venipuncture as long as the lumen is is uh is large enough to cater the the large bore needle that we use. Otherwise, you can use the 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 common gauge 234 puncture. but for for venesection make sure that the the lumen of the vein is large enough so the blood flow wouldn't be uh wouldn't be damaged by the wouldn't be occluded by platelets due to the damage whenever the the needle hits the walls of the vein and another site for for IV cannulation is the jugular vein. So this happens during emergency cases, commonly in the theater for major surgeries when there is a massive blood loss in a short time, when they haven't got the, you know, what what they're looking for, they haven't got the the, the main intention of the surgery, and there's a, already a massive blood loss. So they have. The doctor has to gain more than one IV access, sometimes four, up to four, because it could be two for fluids, different types of fluids, plus the plus the blood transfusion to make up the the blood loss. Sometimes, so that is why they, you know, when there is not much enough for IV access, the anesthetist could gain access, could still use this jugular vein. And for infants or neonates, we could insert on the occipital area if no other choice because there are neonates from the time they were born, they already have collapsed vein due to underlying causes while they were still in the womb. Now, here we go. So some veins could could not have, yes, they could, ha could have a, a, a wide lumen which could accommodate gauge 20 or 18, like this. But the length is not enough to 
accommodate the, the entire needle. So the thing about this is that you have to consider the, you know, one of the good, good qualities of the vein, it has to be straight. So this, in this case, this isn't straight enough for the entire needle. So what we're gonna, we usually going to do about this is that we have to start early. The insertion has to start within the, the muscles here. And make sure that this is not a bony, there's no bony prominence here. Otherwise, you're going to hit the bone and it's going to be painful for the patient. Plus, you're going to hit the wall of the vein. So, in other words, the cannulation wouldn't be successful. You have to make sure that this portion here is muscle so you can start early. And, so, and then when you get in, the entire needle could still be uh, surely, uh, you know, in exact length of the, the vein. So keep in mind the amount of length needed for the catheter hub or adapters. Otherwise, they can stick out and cause problems. And next is, yeah. For, yeah, this is, we could also use the, the veins of the foot for pedia, infants, and so as neonates. But for adults, yeah, we only use this if we have no choice and we make sure that the patient is not diabetic. We could take advantage of this great cephaneous vein here near these bones, near the, near the Achilles tendon. Rarely we use this dorsal venous and lesser cephaneous vein for adults because there, there's less circulation for adults in this portion here. Sometimes there are you know instances that Great cephaneous vein is still visible for some adults, but most of the time, no, not anymore. Unlike infants or neonates, this is a good access, the foot veins. Now, if we have ideal veins, we also have veins to avoid. Number one is the bruised, bruised veins. It means the, the veins have already gone through a lot of venipuncture or venisection. So we have to give it a rest. Another one is the vein which is hard or calcified. This is common among those patients who have undergo uh, chemotherapy or other drugs for for their on for their uh, underlying condition. Another thing we have to avoid those veins that are mobile. Although they have large lumen, they are bouncy in all shapes and form but whenever they are mobile by the time you 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 start you commence your your cannulation the vein will escape it will move away from the needle other technique we could use for the mobile vein is mobile vein is to really to to tout the skin so you have to to use your other hands to hold the skin or to stabilize the vein in order for the, the vein not to move, not to be mobile, and for you to be successful to gain access on the patient's vein. And of course, avoid the veins which are thin. So these are no use. This is not sustainable. You could still gain access for, for this vein at the gauge, at the gauge of a 22 needle, but this wouldn't be sustainable. So this is not a good partner for a nurse in, for, in an entire shift. Another thing is those veins which are near to bony prominence. 
you might go into accidentally hit the bones, which are really, which is really painful for a patient. Or this might lead to a collapsed vein. So just like inserting a, a, and injecting a drug into a vein. So when, when you do cannulation and you hit the walls of the vein, which is near the usually near to the bony prominence. So this will in, in, irritate the inside of the walls. As a result of that, the clots or platelets will react and there will be a formation of clots inside the vein until in a heartbeat, in a speed of time, the scar tissue develops and the walls of the vein heal shut. So once this scar tissue once the platelet on the walls of the veins overreacts, your IV access will be occluded, will be clogged. So as a result of that, your IV, flu your IV fluids will stop flowing or the blood letting you know, get clogged. So you have to change the, the site again. So the reason why this happens, the collapsed veins, other than you might going to hit the bony prominence, is that the needles are too big for the vein. And of course, poor technique when injecting, and it also depends on the drug. Now we have different sizes of needles. The common one for adult is from gauge 18 to gauge 22. Gauge 24, which is yellow, colored yellow in the, in the ward is usually used for pedia. But we also use this for adults who have difficult vein, like we have no choice. This purple needle, gauge 26, is, is applicable for neonates. Gauge 22 for small vein adults. Gauge 24 for small vein adults of last resort kind of vein. And this gauge 18 and 20 is much priority or applicable for patients who are going to theater for major surgery. This is a lot helpful for to really for fluid replacement or blood transfusion, whatever happens to the patient in the theater. Also, this gauge 14 and 16 can be used for, you know, in case of massive blood loss, this can be used for like gaining, to, to gain access on a large vein too, for blood transfusion and massive fluid replacement. Gauge 17 could, be, could also be used for blood transfusion and medication as well as fluids, including 18, 20, and 22 for adults. But for the gauge 22 is for small and fragile veins adults. Now, talking about the step-by-step -step process of IV insertion, it's actually the same principle. You have to follow the, the aseptic technique plus the standard precaution. Otherwise, there's a little bit or tiny difference in every country, or it could be the same for a couple of countries because they might be following the 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 US uh, guidelines or Canadian guidelines so they are they are much similar but in Europe like UK Ireland there could be a little bit difference like some 
some institutions prefer to, you know, uh, advise their nurses to use uh, like apron while inserting IV, an IV line. Some institutions just, you know, would advise just wearing gloves and if, you know, a nurse would prefer that she or he can use a, a mask or goggles, whatever it is. So it's that's that's just a little, like a slight difference in guidelines of every country or institution. Just follow that one and make sure to deal with the patient and relatives with all due respect. You know, make the patient comfortable as well as you. You know yourself, the one inserting the the cannula, make make both parties comfortable while doing the the intravenous cannulation. Lastly, talking about repetition of skills, it's actually going to be you know hard the first time or second time around, but as you slowly get better, and then you get better it will be easier and uh, especially those you know those those uh, patients who are you have regular phlebotomy uh, schedules or venipuncture schedule you know for you know checking their bloods every 2 to 3 months i'm talking about patients who have tricky veins so the first time you meet them, yeah, it's going to be difficult and sometimes it, it wouldn't be successful. But the second time around when you get it, that, that difficulty level that you have will be reduced from 95% to 70%. And then when the patient comes back again, it will be lesser down to 30% up to the point that you finally get the sweet spot of the, the patient. I'm talking about the, about the vein. So that difficulty level will go down to 5 to 10%. That's only, that is only there for the sake of margin of errors. And once you already have the skill, th this can be useful in emergency situation, especially when you are a clinical nurse or a phlebotomist. And when, when you already mastered this, make sure to teach it share it, and of course, in the most part, enjoy it. So once again, this is Anne of Reinforced Speak Club telling you, you never lose, you either win or learn. Thank you very much for your time and have a lovely day ahead.